Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, and especially today, because we're celebrating the film career of legendary actor Michael Caine, who turned 80 last month and is still going strong. Yay! We'll be listening to a fascinating tape with noted film critic John P. McCarthy and award-winning blogger Fausta Rodriguez-Wirtz revealing their favorite Michael Caine films and performances up through 2009. Now, our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr, and co-host Jazz Shaw also joined into that lively discussion, which I think you'll really enjoy hearing. Then after the tape, I'll give an update about Michael Caine's movies since then, as well as a preview of his upcoming films. You know, folks, we aired our first Michael Caine tribute back in 2009, and it's amazing to me how much this busy actor has been up to since then. He now has 160 acting credits listed on the Internet Movie Database, including the eight films he's made since 2009, which we'll talk about later, plus his six new movies scheduled for release in the next year or two. Well, I see the chat room is open, and Nikki is there to help. So let's get this celebration started by playing part of our 2009 Michael Caine tribute show. But be sure to stick around for my update during the last part of today's episode. This tape begins with my partial list of Michael Caine's past films. I wanted to jog everybody's memory because he has so many films, and I, I don't, I'm not going to mention all of them, but here are the movies that popped into my mind when I thought about uh, doing a tribute show for him. If I leave out anyone's favorite movie, I'm sorry, and I'm sure it'll probably get mentioned later on in the show. But here's the list I came up with. Alfie, Educating Rita, The Ipcrest File, Miss Congeniality, Secondhand Lions, Sleuth, The Muppet Christmas Carol, Blood and Wine, Zulu, The Italian Job, Dress to Kill, Get Carter, Little Voice, The Man Who Would Be King, The Quiet American, Cider House Rules, and Hannah and Her Sisters. Now, of course, Kane won uh, well-deserved Oscars for his supporting roles in the, the last two I mentioned, Cider House Rules and Hannah and Her Sisters. But in addition to all this, he's written a fascinating autobiography titled What's It All About, as well as the popular book, acting in film, and actor's take on, on movie making. And that leads me to my first question. 
what are your favorite Michael Caine movies and performances? And so, John, why don't you go first on that one? Oh, thank you, thank you very much, Betty Jo. It's a it's a large body of work, as you've mentioned, and there are uh, a lot of a lot of good movies and a lot of uh, let's say I won't say bad, but uh, questionable choices <laughs> well along the way. Um, you know, one of his recent uh, movies that I really enjoyed was Children of Men in 2006, and he had a he had a supporting part in that, but a crucial role. He was kind of a uh, a hippie left over from the 60s, although the movie was set in the year 2027, um, and it's a, it was a, it's a stark movie by Alfonso uh, Cuaron, uh, the Mexican director, uh, when basically there's infertility throughout the world, and there's the, uh, Clive Owen uh, comes upon a woman who actually is pregnant with the baby, and Michael Caine's character helps them out considerably, so that's one movie I'd like to mention. Another recent one from from 2006 is The Prestige oh, uh, yeah, by Christopher that. Nolan, uh, opposite Hugh Jackman, Betty Jo. Yes, uh, oh, I, oh, Mia Culpa for forgetting that one. <laughs> How did well, you miss that? I know. Oh, I, I am. I, I feel so so guilty. But uh, those are uh, two great films, I think, and... Uh, you know, just one more that goes back into the 70s, and it, it, the eagle has landed, you know, where he plays uh, he plays a Nazi, and, you know, it's a pre- pretty much a standard war film, but, pre- you know, pretty good with, um, you know, Donald Sutherland, Robert Duvall, uh, directed by John Sturgis, but I, uh, I'll always watch that when it's on television, so uh, those are three, but there's a lot more. But those th- are your three three favorites right now. I, I, if you're like me with someone like Michael Caine, uh, yeah. if we ask you if we ask you tomorrow, it might be three others that were your that were your favorites. And it's interesting yeah. that these are films where he's had just a supporting role, but he's willing to take work <laughs> supporting, uh cameos, <laughs> whatever. He's just such a such a glutton to well, uh, to act. That's one of the best things about him, I think, is that he just loves to work, and he keeps on working. Um, you know, one other movie um, in this decade, that pe- it's this very small movie called Last Orders, and uh, it's about a, uh, some um, working-class fellows from from South London um, who go on a journey to scatter the ashes of their of their deceased friends. Oh, yes. I you haven't know, seen that. Oh, that was yeah. a nice movie, yes. Yes, yeah, a beautiful little movie. Helen Mirren is in it. Uh, Bob Hoskins, Tom Courtney, David Hemmings, and so I, I recommend that. And um, he, Kane is wonderful in it. So. That's oh, I thank you, thank you for mentioning that because that is a film that I didn't even know about, and uh, hopefully it's on DVD and we can we can take a look at it. So, so Children of Men, The Prestige, The Eagle Has Landed, and Last Orders. Excellent choices. What about you, Fausta? What are your favorite uh, Michael Caine films and performances? I love him in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> and in Alfie, of course. And I 
also liked him in Get Carter, which got remade with Stallone, and it was a horrible movie. But his Get Carter was a very dark character, and so was his character in Mona Lisa, where he plays a gangster that is an evil person. Oh, yes. But another thing that I like about him is that he has revisited the Harry Palmer character, and there's a a number of those, too, but... From the Ipcrest file, where he started, yes. started out on the Ipcrest yeah. file. Yes, so, excellent, excellent choices. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I think, was such a successful movie. Well, it was a remake, I think, of uh, of an earlier film, but uh, it did well. In fact, it did so well that there was a Broadway musical. Yeah, Jonathan Price played the, lead, played the Michael King character, and it, he was really good in that, too. <laughs> What did you like uh, about him in Alfie? Um, that it, it starts as a really kind of uh, oily character that you don't think has a soul, and he finds out that he does in the wrong way. Yeah. So it's a very complex person that superficially is is not. And that is the film that skyrocketed him to fame, even though he had made a few before that. I believe I saw the Ipcrest file before I saw Alfie and had already fallen in love with uh, Michael Caine. Uh, but they were released fairly fairly close together. But, uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was great. And I can't remember seeing Get Carter. So you're recommending that we see that one, but not the remake with uh, Stallone? Was no, because it? It, Get Carter has to be an actor like Michael King to play it. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's just a revenge movie. But I believe that um, Michael King did also play in the remake, but he played another another role in that rather than the role that he originally played. Yeah, that's right, he did, which is why I saw the second one. Yeah, but so the, but the first but the first one is the one that you're recommending to us. Oh yeah, and also the Harry Palmer films, The Ipcress File, Funeral in Berlin, and there were I think a couple of other ones that I can't yeah. think of think of right now. So those, well, those are excellent choices too. How how about you, Jazz? Well, you guys already took mine uh, when we first brought this up as a subject. The uh, there were two that came to mind for me. One of them was Secondhand Lions, which you mentioned. And I just thought that was such a tremendous movie overall and a great character and the way they covered that long history. And he had to go through a lot of, you know, costume work and, uh, and makeup to, to cover all the different areas and things that were going on. And uh, I thought he was great in there. But the other one, uh, Foster already picked, and I was afraid that might be one of the ones on John's questionable list. But I, too, was a huge fan of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I've watched that numerous times, and his his character in there is one of those kind of snake oil salesman characters. But he, he plays the foil. They're both foils to each other, sort of. You know, it's just so much slapstick and so much fun. I, I thought that was a tremendous movie, and it's one of my favorites. They were both so good in that film. I, I really enjoyed it, too. And uh, so Secondhand Lions and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels are your, are your two favorites. Mm-hmm. I wonder how um, the favorites are lining up in the chat room. Nikki, are there any uh, films being mentioned that we haven't mentioned in the chat room? Well, there are, and I think I might be 
but I was like four years old the very first time I saw a movie he was in, and it was a it was either a Poseidon Adventure or a remake or like second one of it. I love him. I love everything he's in. <laughs> Um, let's see, there were Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, The Eagle Has Landed, The Man Who Would Be King, um, Austin, he was in Austin Powers. Right. He was. He was in Batman. Yeah, that's getting mentioned in chat. Nobody brought it up here. He, he's Alfred for Batman. That's right. Right, right. and that, that is certainly one that he's enjoyed, I think. I don't think he... I didn't have to work too hard in it and uh, got a lot of notoriety for <laughs> for being in it. So those are good ones. So I had forgotten about the Austin Powers films, too. And, uh, He's very witty. Absolutely. Very. Absolutely. Well, I think we're getting a, we're getting a little bit of uh, it's feedback. feedback. Yeah. So uh, we'll kind of myself. thank you, Nikki. <laughs> And, uh, John, you wanted to um, mention another film or yeah, another we, performance? We should, we should mention Sleuth, the original Sleuth, not the remake, um, opposite Laurence Olivier. That, that was a, I thought that was a great movie when it first came out in uh, the 70s, uh, 72. Yes, and he got an Oscar nomination for Sleuth. In fact, we should have mentioned that he does have six Oscar nominations, and of course we, we did um, mention that he got two supporting Oscars, uh, one for Hannah and Her Sisters and the other one for The Cider House Rules, but his other Oscar nominations were for Sleuth and Alfie and The Quiet American and Educating Rita, so, so those films we definitely should should mention. Well, I enjoyed all all the films that everyone has mentioned, but I think so I can't argue with you about your choices, but I think my favorites are uh Alfie, Blood and Wine, and you're going to be surprised about this, The Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh no one would argue with me about Alfie, I don't think, because there my husband says that that there's uh Sometimes there's a role that is, can only belong to one actor. In fact, that the actor was probably born to play. And he feels that way about Michael Caine in Alfie. And I feel that way about Michael Caine in Alfie, too. He was, mm. he was, just, he was Alfie, and even though Jude Law did uh, a fairly good job in the remake of Alfie, uh, I just couldn't think of anybody while I was watching that. <laughs> you know, why? Why remake that? Because that belongs to Michael Caine, probably in the same way that uh, Jack Sparrow belongs to uh, to Johnny Depp. So that's a favorite Michael Caine performance. And Blood and Wine is just a, a little-known Michael Caine movie that he just he bowled me over in. Now, if you think that Michael Caine can't play a chilling villain, then check out the DVD of Blood and Wine. Watch him steal the show from Jack Nicholson and Jennifer Lopez. The devil is in the details in his performance here. He's got these tight facial expressions, steely-eyed looks, and intense vocal inflections. He plays a guy called Victor Spansky, 
who's a British jewel thief, bet on pinching a $1.3 million necklace with diamonds the size of chocolates, and he won't let anyone stand in his way. And he just takes over the screen in that movie, and it's called Blood and Wine. Have have any of you seen that movie? Yes. I missed it entirely. Yeah, I have not seen it, but it sounds great. <laughs> it is great. It's just a little, it's a little gem of a crime thriller that I don't understand why it didn't get more publicity. What did you think about it, Fausta? I thought it was really good, and the best thing about it is that he and the Jack Nicholson character play these, these two characters are clearly on the skids, and this is their last, very last fling, so to speak, so it, 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 has, it has a kind of like a subtext of dex- desperation to it. That's well said. That's well said. So, so uh, John and uh, Jazz, be sure to check out the, the DVD of Blood and Wine. I think, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And I will my, put that on my Netflix list. Put That's it on your, definitely put it on your Netflix. And my third favorite, as I mentioned, is The Muppet Christmas Carol, I think Michael Caine is the most, is the best and most entertaining Scrooge of all time in my book. He delivers a performance worthy of the Masterpiece Theater or the Royal Shakespeare Company, and again, he steals the show. Did you know there have been 24 Christmas Carol films, including the ones for TV? I don't know this. I did some research, and the first one was made back in 1910, but look at the list of actors who have played Scrooge. Alistair Sim, George C. Scott, Reginald Owen, Patrick Stewart, Albert Finney, Kelsey Grammer, and even Bill Murray in that movie, well, it was just sort of a reimagining of uh, Christmas Carol. It was called Scrooge. Scrooge. But Kane takes the cake. And remember, he's acting with puppets. <laughs> and he's just, yeah. he is just so real in this film. Of course, it it is a musical, and you know how I love musicals. The the songs are by Paul Williams, and at the end, you you hear Michael Caine singing "A Thankful Heart," just pouring his heart out in singing that song. And I I just I have the DVD. Of course, I'm a fan of the Muppets. I have that DVD, and I you don't have to watch it at Christmas time. I mean, you can watch it any time of the year and enjoy. Michael Caine's performance in that. But I do have to tell you, Jazz, that you're very perceptive in selecting secondhand lions because I think uh, that would be, then be my next, my next favorite Michael Caine performance. Uh, when he was telling the stories about uh, his adventures in North Africa to uh, the nephew, played by Haley Joel Osment, he, right. but what a storyteller. I mean, those scenes were were just were priceless. So I would definitely recommend that. And little little voice. I don't know. Oh where, yes. Yeah, little voice where he played this down and out talent agent who tries to persuade uh, Jane Horrocks' character because she can sing like any any singer in the world. Yeah. But she's very shy trying to persuade her to go on the stage and then all the things that go wrong with his big plans and then him getting up at the end and singing it's over Uh (laughs) just he's wonderful in that but there are so many michael Caine uh movies that are just 
that are just priceless. It's really difficult to pick the ones that are that are your are your favorites. But but Jazz, I think you have a question or two about Michael Caine's career, don't you? I do, in fact. And one of them is there are, and I suppose this is a a good question for John. Probably uh, there are so few actors that get careers that long that that just keep on going and, and maintain their popularity. And not just keep getting the work, but but getting the reviews and everything. So, what it, what is it about spe- specifically about Michael Caine that is as you know allowed him to last so long? Well, I would say first of all he's a he's a consummate pro, uh, you know, and he's also very versatile. I mean, look at all he he can play a spy, he can play you know comic characters, uh, you know, very dramatic characters. Um, He's sort of a sophisticated Cockney, which of course is how he started out. But he can play he can play the Cockney, or you know, actually one of his in his first big big movie, which was Zulu, uh, which I think he made he made before Alfie and the Ipcris file. Yes, he did. Um, he, he plays an upper crust British officer in, in South Africa. Uh, and they're attacked by by Zulu warriors, and that was a huge, big adventure. That was a big hit, and that really put him on the map after a lot of small roles. So, uh, you know, he can he can do comedy, uh, you know, Dirty Ron Scoundrels, which I like too. Um, you know, uh, he can he can pretty much do anything. So, that's um, that's a recipe for a long career. I think that's a good answer, and um, I was wondering, Fausta, do you agree that that is what explains his popularity for such a long time? Oh, yeah. and That and also Michael Caine, all of Michael Caine's characters are always a man alone. He stands out. He's not the same guy that he's surrounded with. So I, I think that's a lot of his appeal, and, and maybe that's why he picks those parts. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I I think also that he's just, as I mentioned earlier, he's been so persistent, and I think that's paid off big time for him. He's just, what was the joke go, going around a few a few years ago? Michael Caine was in so many movies. Somebody said, um, somebody said, uh, I think he'll appear in my. Uh, wedding home movie <laughs> anytime there's a camera that michael you know, came uh, yeah. so he had a funny line too about that uh when he was in jaws the revenge um he said you know i haven't seen the movie i i hear it's pretty terrible but the uh the house that it helped me build is beautiful <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right oh you did mention one of his uh bombs <laughs> Jazz, Jazz, the uh, Jaws, the Revenge, and uh, what was the other one? The Swarm. I think that one was one that that was. Oh, another <laughs> one. Another one is Beyond the Poseidon Adventure in yeah. '79. Yes. Well, then again, some actors follow that school of thought that you don't turn down work. You know, yeah. uh, tomorrow is very uncertain, and it's a it's a fickle audience, and you take work where you can get it. So. I know, and that was one of the things that uh, he and Terrence Stamp, who was a good friend of his, uh, they they were very different. Uh, I think back in the back in the '60s, and Terrence Stamp was very, oh, oh very careful 
about any anything that he would take, and of course Michael would just take anything that that came along <laughs> practically, and uh, so it didn't bode well for Terrence Stamp's career. Although he's you know lately we've been seeing him on the on the screen more, but uh, I think that just just going just kind of being the Energizer Bunny and just kind of <laughs> keep um, on going and keep on going has really paid off for Michael. One of the things that he mentions in his acting book is he. It, work all the time but always pick the part that has the best lines <laughs> he's pretty smart too yes so you know, that's one of the things because he says that overall you will be a good actor the more the more you work but always make sure that you, you, your character has the best lines even if you're not the starring character that makes, so, a, lot of, makes a lot of sense yeah. And I, I wanted to uh, mention that I got a very nice email from Vince Tracy when he found out that we were doing the Michael Caine tribute, and he sent me a podcast with wonderful Michael Caine impersonators, you know, saying some of the lines from Michael Caine's movie. So I'll put that um, in the comment section after the show. I'll put the link to that podcast because I think people would get a get a, a charge out of listening to the Michael Caine impersonators. And then also I heard from uh, Linda Lopecki by email, and she calls Michael Caine one of her all-time favorite actors, and she wanted to thank us for doing this tribute. Then she said his autobiography is fantastic, too. I want to read it again. And so thank you, Linda, for that message. I, I feel exactly the way you do about Michael Caine and about his, his autobi, autobiography. Um, but I was wondering who you think has held his or, is his or her own uh, the best as a Michael Caine co-star. Uh, he must be pretty, uh, pretty intimidating to work with. John, what's your reaction to that question? Well, uh, and I mentioned Laurence Olivier earlier, and they were in Sleuth together, and it doesn't, you know, that's um, that's a pretty good guy to have opposite you, um, even though they were they were rivals in that movie. Um, you know, he's good friends with Sean Connery, and they, I think, one of his top performances would have to be in The Man Who Would Be King, opposite Sean Connery, and they they play two con men at the turn of the century who go turn of the 19th century who go to a, a small republic and, and try and take it over uh, in order to, to loot it. And they're, they're really sort of uh, brother figures in the movie. And so I think that was, a, that was a great screen combination. And they probably worked, I'm not sure if they worked together after that or before that, but um, uh, they made a great duo in that. And then, you know, he he played opposite Maggie Smith in California Suite, you know the Neil right. the Neil Simon comedy. And uh, while it wasn't, you know, the, I don't think it got great notices as a movie. I think it worked better on the stage. Um, oh, that's right. That was know, the one with Ellen Alda, right? That's right. And uh, you know, she's one of my favorite British actresses, and he's one of my favorite British actors. And to see them together, uh, you know. Trading barbs, Neil Simon barbs was was a treat. So those are three. No, oh, those are yes. I I think those are good 
uh, good choices. Um, how about you, Fausto? Who do you think has hold, held his or her own with uh, Michael Caine in the films? Well, I love Steve Martin and him in um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, particularly how Michael Caine is basically impersonating Klaus von Bülow. And there's this whole scene where Steve Martin imitates Michael Caine (laughs) being this suave guy, and they're playing, putting on their ribs in the background. That is just wonderful. And I also love uh, Robert Duvall in Secondhand Lions. By by the way, Robert Duvall is a really great tango dancer, but that doesn't have anything to do with Michael Caine. And, uh, of course, you know, Sean Connery and Laurence Olivier. But I also like um, Christopher Reeve in Death Trap. Ah. Death Trap, right. I had forgotten about that, too. I'd have to go along with uh, Robert Duvall in Secondhand Lions. And then I mentioned Little Voice uh, earlier, and I think that Jane Horrocks uh, did her own with with him. Those, Those would be mine. What about you, Jazz? I don't know. That's such a tough question, just because he's played with so many people. I, uh, I'm going to pass. I, I can't pick somebody out. Well, we've, we've picked some good ones, so, so that kind of lets you off the hook. But how does Michael Caine rate as a writer? We were talking about his uh, acting book, Fausta, and then his autobiography. Um, what do you think about his talent as a writer? I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved his autobiography. And um, I I really like the acting book. I mean, I don't know anything about acting, but he does make the point that acting is a job as much as it is an art and that you should be treating your acting career as a professional person that is not, you know, temperamental or anything like that. You have a set of skills and you have to make a living from it. So he, he... it's a very good book, I thought. It's I'm not that long a book. It's only like it's you know a few hundred, a couple of hundred pages at the most. I'm going to be sure to get that. Now, his uh, autobiography, what's it all about? I thought was just absolutely fabulous, and it's it's just as wonderful as Frank McCourt's memoir, uh, Angela's Ashes, about uh, growing up in in poor uh, straits, and. I I have gone back to this book, you know, when I knew that we were going to do the tribute, and I'm reading it again because it is so good. My husband and I read it out loud to each other. Uh, each of us would read a chapter when we first read it through. It's just so great. He talks about uh, growing up uh, in the East End, I believe it is, in London, yeah. and uh, his his father was a worked in a fish market, I think, and his mother, I believe, was a, a char lady. So he came from modest conditions. He was born with a eyelid condition, blephora or blephora. I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing that. So his eyelids, his eyelids swelled. He had ears that stuck out, and he talked about his mother making him wear these very, very heavy boots because he also had rickets. Wow. So he, in his book, he said the other kids must have thought he was like Frankenstein stomping down the street <laughs> the way, with the way he looked. And then he talked about, uh, I just love the childhood part of the book. He talks about when he was, uh, he started out acting at three years of age, and his mother was the director and the script writer. 
he said that uh, they they didn't have enough money, you know, to pay all their bills. So whenever there was a knock on the door, <laughs> he had to go and answer the door and say, "Mummy's out." <laughs> that was <a> performance. <laughs> Well, he's very fortunate because, as we know, most people with ears that stick out don't ever make it very far or achieve very great heights. That's just a private joke for Foster. (laughs) (laughs) The big ears, the big eared people. The big eared people, yes. Um, (laughs) Like Clark Cable, right. Let's get to one of the the oddball questions that I've been pondering myself, and I I don't generally like remakes. Uh, There are a few exceptions. I. I, I realize Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was a remake. There, there have been a few other good ones. I generally don't like them, but uh, what are some good remakes from the earlier era that would be good choices for Michael Caine to star in? Hmm. You know what I would have liked to see him do? I would have liked him to play a gangster. It, it, remember the movie Born Yesterday with Broderick Crawford? Yeah. Oh, sure. oh yeah, I, yeah. I would have liked him to play that part as an English gangster, but the thing is, the movie was remade with uh, Don Johnson, and John Goodman played the, ga- the gangster, and the movie was horrible. It was just awful. What a change if it had been Michael Caine yes. playing that. That's an excellent suggestion. Good choice. Right. I, I was thinking of um, possibly... My Fair, well, you know I'm going to think about a musical, don't you? Yes, of course you do. My Fair Lady, since we know that Michael Caine sang in The Muppet Christmas Carol and Little Voice, and he could do the Rex Harrison part in My Fair Lady, and and Jane Horrocks, who was in Little Voice, who can sing just uh, so delightfully. Uh, I would like to see a remake of uh, My Fair Lady, so that would be my pick. How how about you, uh, John? Do you have one? You know, I I can't think necessarily about uh, a movie that I'd like to see him in a remake, but the the fact that you mentioned My Fair Lady is interesting because one of his greatest parts, I think, and he was nominated for an Oscar, was Educating Rita in 1983 when he played the... a, a boozy academic um, opposite Julie Walters, and I, you know, at a at a crusty um, British uh, college—I forget which one or university—and in a sense, that story is, um, you know, just a, a reworking of of the Pygmalion story, of course, without the music. But uh, I I thought he was really fantastic in that. So. Um, you know, and the other movie that we haven't talked too much about, and it, again, it has nothing to do with your question, but uh, he did um, actually win an Oscar for it as Hannah and Her Sisters, Woody Allen's movie. Right. Um, he was, you know, as, as Mia Farrow's husband who cheats on her with with one of her sisters. Um, you know, I, he was great in that, and that's that's one of my favorite V. Allen movies, too, although not my favorite. I like his comedies, his straight comedies more. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking in terms of what Foster said. Again, I'm not sure I would want to see this movie remade because it could turn out to be such a disaster, but a character that I think he could pull off, and I would love to see him in that sort of a role, I wouldn't mind seeing Michael Caine do the lead in Roman Holiday. 
Ooh. Uh, yeah. A kind of romantic comedy, funny, but still kind of action-packed farce sort of thing running all over Rome. And even, you know, now, even at his age, I think he could pull that off. Ooh. I think he probably could, too. That, that's an interesting suggestion. I'm wondering, um, is there someone that he has, has never played on screen with that we would like to see him paired up with? Do you have uh, anyone in mind for that, Fausta? Clive Owen. Yeah. Well, wait. He did. He did play with him in Children of Men. Oh, that's right. He was in Children of Men. Yeah. But how about Antonio Banderas and Kate Blanchett, and of course Johnny Depp. <laughs> Good. I'm ah. glad. I'm glad somebody suggested <laughs> Antonio and and Hugh and Johnny Depp <laughs> instead. Well, of he me. was he was with Hugh already, but you know we gotta get. Oh, that's right. In the Prestige. So that's Kate true. Kate Blanchett and Johnny and yeah, uh, those two. Antonio and Antonio. So. Those those would be great suggestions. I'd like to see him. Well, I have to preface this because I was reading an article in Variety uh, at this. Uh, reporter was comparing, uh, was doing a review of a play that Angela Lansbury is doing on Broadway now, and he said, next to koalas and kittens, Angela Lansbury is the most beloved creature on the planet now. <laughs> and uh, I thought about that, and I thought, and then next to Angela Lansbury is Michael Caine. So I thought pairing Angela Lansbury and Michael Caine in a movie would be just great. They could be, you know, like a, they're both British, they could both be uh, the uh, senior citizen detectives and solving a crime, <laughs> and uh, so I may just get started on that screenplay <laughs> after the show. <laughs> that was such a fun discussion, folks. Thanks to Fausta, John, Jazz, Nikki, and uh, our chatters for their contributions, as well as to the folks in today's chat. From the beginning, we've had our loyal listeners, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts, whose uh, hilarious show can be heard on Blog Talk Radio on Friday, usually on Friday morning and Monday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. And we have Kat Vecchioni, a, fa- uh, a co-wackette with me from the uh, Wacko Radio Network. She's been there, and uh, we've had quite an interesting discussion with, um, with them about um, Michael Caine's movies. And we have a movie that uh, Kat suggested that I I have to look up that I haven't even heard of before, and uh, Nancy wants us to know how much she thought uh, uh, that uh, uh, jazz was not, not not jazz, but Jaws, <laughs> Revenge, was uh, was dreadful, and, and I think we kind of all agree with her about that. But I would also want to thank Danny Dyer for editing the tape we just heard, and I appreciate all the emails and comments from my Facebook friends about Michael Caine movies. But I wanted to turn to Michael Caine's film since 2009. Here's the list. Harry Brown, Inception, Nomeo and Juliet, Cars 2, Journey 2, The Mysterious Island, The Dark Knight Rises, Now You See Me, and my favorite, Last Love, which was released last year. And speaking of that movie, I think Michael Caine's performance in that uh, very, very well-done drama is one of his best. He's an, he portrays an, uh, a very uh, 
long-suffering widower who feels the future holds nothing for him after the loss of his wife until he meets a compassionate young woman who is determined to cheer him up. The film wasn't publicized much, but it's really a must-see for Tane fans, and it's available now on DVD. And finally, I'm happy to report that Michael Caine fans can look forward to his six new movies and that list includes Ella Graves, a thriller with Kate Beckinsale and Ben Kingsley. That's coming out in 2014. Imagine, a comedy drama with Al Pacino, Annette Benning, and Jennifer Garner, also out in t- 2014. The Secret Service, an action thriller with Samuel L. Jackson, Colin Firth, Taylor Swift, and Lady Gaga. That's coming out October 24th. 2014. Interstellar, a sci-fi mystery with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey, directed by the great Christopher Nolan. That's supposed to be released November 7th, 2014. In the future, a drama with Willem Dafoe and Rachel Weisz. That's coming out in 2015. Harry and the Butler, another drama with Samuel L. Jackson in 2015. I think that's a very exciting film schedule. But sorry to say, Our time is almost up. So, this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio. Thanks again to all the wonderful people who helped with our Michael Caine celebration. And to all our listeners, we hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for our 2014 Summer Movie Preview featuring film critics, Nell Minow, also known as the Movie Mom, A.J. Hockery, also known as the Mad Movie Man, and Mac Bates, who likes to be called Movie Mac anytime he's on our show with the Mad Movie Man and the Movie Mom. It should be a very helpful discussion because there are over 100 movies scheduled for release this summer. That's all for now, folks. Here's A.J. Daniels to take us out with a song that Nikki and I like to dedicate to all our Blog Talk Radio listeners. And today, to Sir Michael Caine, that's right, among his many honors, Michael has been knighted by Queen Elizabeth. But we love him best for all of the pleasure that he's given us at the movies.
much I love you Then you'd be forced to love me too If you knew how much I adore you You'd stay with me and be true Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.